Hey, 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 Lionheart. Welcome back to the Women Who Finish podcast, where we empower you to take bold action in your purpose, your passions, and your purity, because they matter to God, man. I am your confidence coach, Robin Ann, from RobinAnn.com. And I forgot to mention this last time, follow me on Instagram, Robin Ann L, R-O-B-Y-N-A-N-N-L. That's definitely where you'll find me hanging out. That's where I'll respond, chat, questions, all of the above. Feel free to come on over and let's talk some more about finishing. And even better to kick off our series, I'll be doing a couple giveaways there on Instagram. So welcome you to this intro of the You Are Confident But series. Be sure in about 15 steps to help you get out of heaven's way and really step into who god already says you are that's why we chose this confidence series is because a lot of times we struggle with confidence yet god says we are confident and so we need to align ourselves with what he says correct and shed whatever mindset beliefs lies that we have allowed to really cling to us because they are stopping what heaven is trying to do, right? If we are his handiwork, his vessels that he uses to get things done here in the earth, we don't want anything stopping that. We don't want anything stopping what the kingdom's trying to get done because we know that's what people are desperately needing to see. Heaven on earth, God's kingdom advancing through us, in us, um, and for our good. So... Definitely go over to Instagram, follow me, Robin Ann L, and let's give some giveaways going. But also, um, for this first one, we're going to focus on you are confident, but you don't plan for it. You don't plan for it. That's simply what I believe happens. Why a lot of times as women of God, we don't step into things confidently. We don't finish things confidently. We don't start confidently. We do not endure confidently. Um, We didn't plan. We didn't plan mentally. We didn't plan spiritually. And we didn't plan practically. And so we're going to kind of take a look at all of these over the next few weeks. But this is kind of just the intro to kind of give us some backdrop why all three areas are important. All three areas. Obviously, first, spiritually. I believe confidence is important because one, it's a command. And I think that's usually the main reason why we don't prioritize confidence and making sure that we put forward a confident, you know, approach to things. We don't see that it's a command. It's not something that was a suggestion. It's not something that we get to really choose whether or not we want to pick up the skill or not. This is a required skill for getting things done. Um, according to God's, you know, purpose in you. You have got to be confident with what God has said and what he has asked you to do um, for him. And so Joshua 1.9, I think, is just a good reminder where I wanted us to really see this series not as something to just listen to and forget, but really put these things into practice, really decide that, Lord, I am coming out of this season, this year, confident, 
more confident than, than before because obviously it's a skill that you develop with time but you need to have some intention about it and realize that to not develop it is disobedience joshua 1 9 says have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go you see that intro have i not commanded you be strong and courageous. Courage and confidence is something that God requires from us. This is not a suggestion. This was God speaking to Joshua, obviously, when he was, you know, told to take over Moses' role to lead the people um, into what God had for them. But obviously, it's Joshua that had to pick up confidence. Joshua is the one that had to embrace that skill. Joshua is the one who had to choose to be courageous so that he would not stand in the way of what God was wanting to do. So yes, it's God wanting to work, but it's through you. And so you can definitely be an obstacle if you don't allow yourself to be just as confident as the Holy Spirit is inside of you, right? Because that's the thing. Why are we starting out saying you are confident? Because the Holy Spirit in, in you is already confident. Holy Spirit is not struggling with that skill. Holy Spirit is ready to move. Holy Spirit is ready to roar. Holy Spirit is ready to do. He's ready to solve. He's ready to present the the best you. He's ready to present the solution. He's ready to change the atmosphere in the room. He's ready to speak life. He's ready to use your words to transform, you know, the people around you. Holy Spirit is not struggling with confidence. However, if you keep certain lies and beliefs, you know, um, and if you, you choose not to let them go, then Holy Spirit cannot do anything outside of that. You know what I mean? We are not robots. We are not slaves. But the Holy Spirit chooses to work with us and in partnership with us. So we have to give him that freedom. We have to say yes. We have to surrender and allow him to be confident through us. But you'd be surprised how just certain beliefs will stop you will stop you. Holy Spirit will tell you to do something and you will stop Holy Spirit from doing it because of your lack of confidence, fear, timidity. And really, that is not a good position to be in. I mean, that's a really haughty and prideful place to be in when you shut down something Holy Spirit wants to do because you're afraid and you're not ready. And that's something I had to learn. Um, You know, many times, even growing up in church settings, We really do think that being confident is the opposite of being humble. Where that comes from, I don't know. But we really do. We see humility as, you know, be the nice girl, be the one who only speaks when spoken to, um, be the one who only speaks up if, you know, someone really asks you to serve and do something (laughs) for the Lord. But otherwise, you know, kind of stay quiet, kind of stay in the background, and and we think that that's humility when humility is really being obedient to the Lord. That's it. That's all humility means. Philippians 2.8 really gives us a glimpse into that where it's talking about Jesus. And it said he humbled himself by becoming obedient. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death. So we get a glimpse into what heaven sees as humility Heaven sees humility as being obedient, being obedient to the end, you know, to the utmost with what God has really called you to do, which is confidence. It requires confidence. You will have to be confident that, hey, God called me to go to the cross for these people. 
That is what I will confidently and unashamedly do without excuse. That is not going to look very meek and nice many situations, right? Obviously, Jesus did not look meek and nice in many situations because he humbled himself under what he knew was was heaven's agenda, under the kingdom plan, under the kingdom identity he knew he had to carry, right? To carry out what he needed to do. The same applies to us. We need to realize uh, that false humility, nah, bruh. <laughs> Beloved, you're going to have to let that go. And it starts with a decision. I don't want any, any point in the series for you to think this is something or a burden for you to now try to figure out how to do. I want you to just make a decision to say, God, I now realize that is sinful This thought pattern is not of you and I surrender to you and I ask you to change my mind and help me walk differently, right? Because Holy Spirit will do it, but at least if you agree, he now has the room to work in and through you to do that thing. And so I do believe that a lot of times we don't see confidence as a command. So that has to be a shift. Where we realize when we're not being confident, we are being disobedient. That's one. And when we're not being confident, we're also a lot of times not being humble in terms of really obeying what God said to do boldly. And so planning for confidence has to become our priority, right? That has to become something that we realize, okay, I need to develop this muscle. I can no longer sit on it. It's no longer something I can be passive about, lukewarm about. This is a skill that I need to add to my, you know, my personal resume. This is a skill that I need to um, really free because it's already in you. Like we said, you are confident. Holy Spirit's already in you, confident. He doesn't struggle with that. You just want to get yourself out of the way so that he can move in that that virtue through you. And so three ways that I, I really want to encourage you to just be ready as we dive into this series. Um, as we're going to just start planning for confidence, we're going to start planning to be the light in the room. We're going to start planning to be the salt of the earth. We're going to start planning to be the head and not the tail. You have to plan to be these things because again, they don't just come. They don't just come. (laughs) Uh, We live live with a, a mind, a body, and a spirit. So all three things need to align up before we usually see them manifest, right? And so one, I want you to be prepared to plan spiritually. Um, how do we do this? I believe you are confident, but you don't hear God say it enough. You don't hear God say it enough, beloved. And that's usually the number one reason why we we can't step out confidently. We can't tell the last time we heard God just really say to us, hey, I've made you confident. You have permission to be confident in this area. So let go of anybody else's opinions and let go of the fears and step into this thing, right? We need to hear God say that and we need to hear God say it frequently. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes we look at the people who we do admire or see them as confident and we think they just naturally are that way. We really do. We think, well, God called them to be a speaker. So he gave them that that skill or God called them to do this mighty work and be a pastor 
So he gave them that skill. And we don't realize they actually had to work on that. And that's something they have to constantly hear God tell them. Um, Nehemiah, it just comes to mind because that is my favorite book of the Bible. I just love that man. I don't know. (laughs) I just look at how he was able to just get things done um, using both the sacred and the secular to just really get things done when God asked him to rebuild the wall. And he got it done in 52 days. 52 days! I mean, read read the whole book. It's, it's for me, it's, it's just powerful. We'll probably do a whole series on Nehemiah because that's how much I love him. But one of the things that I do see, because I study him a lot on how to really finish things, because, man, even in the book before Ezra, we see where, where God had called the people to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple. And because of they allowed fear and rumors and all these different complaints from other people, it took them so long to get that project done. But yet you go to the next book, book over in Nehemiah and he operated differently. And I'm like, what was the difference? So I like to look at kind of compare the differences of how come Nehemiah got this project done in 52 days, whereas in so many other books in the Bible, when God asked them to do something, they took forever. I mean, it took years, decades. They would drag it out. They'd forget, you know, kings and other people would kind of change and then no one remembered the decree and then a prophet would have to come back and remind them. And I mean, it would become this long drawn out event and disobedience would and distraction and all kinds of things would take place. I'm like, how did Nehemiah, like he really was kind of that difference. And a lot of times I see where he asked God constantly for help. Constantly. I mean, you'd think with the many things he was getting done that he didn't really struggle with, you know, kind of fear. He didn't struggle with lack of confidence. And yet that was some of the things he was praying for in the beginning. Like you see in the beginning when he realizes okay, man, the wall is just a mess. The people of God are vulnerable and it's on his heart to do it, right? It's not even like God said to do it. It's something that's on his heart to do. And that's another key. Sometimes you don't need to wait for God to be a booming voice to tell you. It's just on your heart to do something and you can't shake it. You need to know how to go to Holy Spirit with that as a passion and say, Lord, for some reason, this thing is burning in my spirit. I want to do it for you. That's what he really did. And so he went to the Lord. And then even before he had to go to the king, because again, practically, you need resources to get this thing done, right? To rebuild a wall. That's a whole bunch of resources that were needed. He needed to ask the king to help him. And this is a secular king. This is not a saved king. This is a king who does not per se believe, you know, in the most high God. And he needed to ask him for a whole bunch of money to rebuild a wall in a whole nother city for his people. And you saw him say he was afraid. Like Nehemiah straight up admitted, I was afraid. And I see him as such a confident man, yet he admits he was afraid and he says to God, God, give me confidence as I approach the king. Give me favor as I approach the king. And it was constant, even when he was finally in front of the king and the king said, what do you want? Again, he says, I was afraid. And he prayed to the Lord quickly. You know what I mean? So spiritually, you need to be open to asking God for confidence all the time. All the time. 
ask God for confidence, ask God for boldness, ask God for help. That needs to be an open channel, not something that you are afraid of, not something that you think God doesn't care about. He cares about you doing things and and speaking up and asking for resources confidently if that's what you need, right? And so that's one way that I want us to really shift in planning spiritually is that we want to hear God affirm us frequently, frequently. Proverbs 28 verse one says the wicked flee even when no one's pursuing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I want you to own that as your identity. And so whenever you're struggling with it, you quickly say, God, I need your help. I need your help right now to be bold. I need your help right now to be confident, right? Because believe it or not, our spirit man is just like our physical man in that the same way we're feeding our flesh constantly. I mean, some of us, I know like me with my metabolism, I'm snacking almost all the time, all the time my flesh is being fed, right? And many times we don't see that our spirit man needs that same constant validation and affirmation. And when we don't recognize that, that's how we end up getting it from Instagram all the time. We're craving it. We're going to Instagram all the time and we don't know why. We just, we get a break and we click on the icon on our phones. <laughs> and it's because we're just needing affirmation. So we go and we get it visually or we get it from looking at someone else's, um, you know, quotes and their life and how they're living and how pretty their house is which doesn't necessarily affirm us. It kind of feeds us and makes us feel slightly good, even though in other ways it often makes us compare ourselves and feel bad. But that's you looking for the constant feeding that your spirit needs. And so it's good to really acknowledge it from early that your spirit man is looking to be affirmed all the time. Let me give it that chance. Let me keep an open channel with the Lord so that you can hear God say it all the time. I got you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you. I'm the one who's leading you to do this. Come to me if you need help. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God and I will give it to you freely without reproach. James 1 5. You know, like some verses you just got to constantly have ready to just wash your brain with. Hear God say it over you all the time. Come boldly before my throne of grace. You know, have those verses just ready and just wash your mind all the time. And it's only a matter of time before that's that's what you breathe, right? That's what you start remembering. As soon as fear rises up, you remember those verses first. So that's one. We got to start shifting to where we plan to spiritually feed ourselves and hear it from God all the time that we are confident. So that no, that no longer becomes the debate in our heads, right? We know that we are. So if we're not feeling that way, we go get what we need to move with confidence, We don't just sit around and say, well, I guess I'm not confident. I guess that's not my skill, right? The other thing, number two. So you want to plan spiritually. We also want to plan mentally. You are confident, but you don't feed yourself the right thoughts. Like we just don't. And that ties very closely to feeding ourselves spiritually. But this even takes it a bit further where it's what else are you listening to? Who else are you allowing to speak into you? What are the friendships and the conversations that you're always having with people? Are you just allowing yourself to just say certain things nonchalantly when you're with your family? Are you just kind of affirming, well, that's how it's always been. 
you know, having people speak that over you, having them always say, well, you always, you all, you've always been that shy girl. There's certain things that you now mentally are going to have to recognize and stop and say, actually, no. Yes, I was always shy, but God has thankfully given me confidence. So I'm growing in that area. It's such a small phrase to say, but it's so key to help you mentally shift. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think, it doesn't matter how much, yes, you're feeding your spirit, but then you're thinking different thoughts. You're still not going to walk in that confidence, right? And so you're going to have to start recognizing just in conversations, in what you're saying, in what you're thinking, in what you're watching. If there's any point where Holy Spirit is now going to start checking you, saying, hey, hey, that's not true. I just told you you were confident. Change that phrase. Go ahead and change it. You know, say to yourself, oh, that used to be me, but that's no longer me. Thank God. I've been growing in confidence. Affirm that and start thinking that. And like we spoke about, even just simple beliefs that you're going to start breaking, where if you say to yourself, well, in your head, you start saying, if I do that, people won't see me as humble. You realize that's a lie. Anything that allows me to confidently obey what God has asked me to do is humility. And I will no longer see humility as the opposite of confidence, right? We're going to shed false humility by recognizing when those thoughts come into your head. You've got to start recognizing them and choosing, choosing to shift, to change your mind. God can't change your mind for you. He gives us the tools. He gives us the verses. But he says, you know, really, you have got to start renewing your mind with the word. So we start with the spirit. We start with the word. And then we allow it to change our mind. We now start saying, you're right, God. I agree instead with your word instead of what I was told by my parents. I agree instead with your word instead of what my boss just said over me. I agree instead with your word you know what I mean? And you constantly start adjusting your agreements. I hope that makes sense, beloved. So that's number two. You want to plan spiritually. You want to plan mentally. You now want to plan practically. And as the series goes on, we're going to go into different ways that we're going to spiritually and mentally and practically plan for confidence. But I just want to set these three foundations, right? So number three, how do you plan practically? is you realize that you are confident, but you're not taking specific steps to work that muscle. You're going to have to start doing things with a confident attitude. You start small, obviously. Tomorrow, I don't want you going out there and speaking to an audience of 10,000 people with confidence. That's not the expectation. Like anything else, God wants you to not despise the small beginnings, not despise the small things he's going to start asking you to do with confidence and to do it, do it. Don't let false humility rob you of what God needs to do through you, right? So he's going to start checking you with just little things that he's going to ask you to do. Little things, speak to your mom a certain way, remove this word from your vocabulary. There are going to be certain practical things that you're going to start just getting convicted about and you want to practically remove it. You want to practically start doing it. When you say you're going to do something, do it. Jot it down your calendar if you need to. Put an alarm in your phone. 
Do it. Little things that are going to start building your confidence and helping you become who God says you are. It doesn't matter who you thought you were before, right? We need to get out of our own way. We need to get out of heaven's way so that the Holy Spirit in us can move freely. Luke 9, 62 says, put your hand to the plow. You know what I mean? And and do it confidently. Well, actually, let me read the the real verse because that's not what it says. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. My goodness. That's Jesus talking, saying anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, you're just not fit for service. That's what we do when we lack confidence. We put our hand to something, then we start looking around at people and we're comparing. Then we're like, oh God, I don't think I'm up for this. I don't think, I don't really think I have what it takes. And you look back, you look around, you drop, you move your hand off the plow. And God's like, I can't do any work. I can't do any work with you. I can't do any work with you, right? I can't do anything with that. We have got to shift that and practically start putting our hands to certain plows and saying, I'm not taking my hand off this plow until I push it to the place God told me to push it to, period. I don't care about opinions. The excuses are going to come. If I'm going to do it imperfectly, there's going to be procrastination and perfectionism that are going to attack me. That is not my problem. God will handle those things, but I am going to commit confidently, right? And so... Let us let us be ready over these next few weeks to change our mind. We're going to start planning spiritually, mentally, and practically to walk as confident women because that is who God says we are, right? And we want to be who we already are. We just want to be it. It's just so much easier when you can be free in the identity that God has for you. I am excited, ladies, like I really am. I just see so much fruit coming out of this, so much fruit coming out of this. Anyways, don't forget to follow me on Instagram because we're going to do some giveaways that really encourage us to keep going in this, Um, doing some chats, and I just want to hear any feedback you have, any questions. There's going to be, you know, every week I'll post a photo or something from the podcast and let's, let's converse about it. Let's talk about it. All right. I love you. And I cannot wait for us to dive into the next topic. Let's do this.